That should be his 150. It is. They'll definitely get two. They're trying to stop it. It'll go all the way. It's a nice shot for four. Very well made. 150. Looking very happy in front of his home crowd. Fantastic game. They're all up and about there, aren't they? They're excited. He's excited. Can he get to the magical 200, I suppose? A very warm welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly, and not strictly by definition a weekly program, Robbie, but a warm welcome to you as well. Robbie McKinlay, thanks so much for joining us. G'day, Matty. Yeah, well, we can be any day of the week, really. That's right. Hence the weekly term. <laughs> give us seven, <laughs> seven options. But um, no, all good, mate. So, we, yeah, winding down to the end of the cricket season, like, I guess, domestically and Playing-wise, although where I am uh, in Albury, Wodonga on the Murray River, we've had um, an invitational uh, country champ, Australian country championships being played. So uh, we've had in the men's, we've had ACT, New South Wales and Queensland. And then in the women's, we've had the Papua New Guinea um, oh, side yeah. join us, which yeah. has been absolutely fantastic. I, I just had a little bit of a look at a few of the, uh, the girls today and, um, oh, what a great... And, on that, uh, there was a bit of a, um, a thing led by Catherine Wood, who's a well-known figure in women's cricket down here in the border and right across regional New South Wales. A bit of a call to arms for any leftover playing gear or uh, gear that you don't use anymore, that you, it, it's still in good nick. And they've actually collected a lot of that and it's been passed on to the Papua New Guinea team to take home with them, which was a really nice gesture. Oh, that's magnificent gesture. I know regular listener of the program, program Guyane, would love to hear that. He spent a lot of time working uh, in PNG cricket. And, of course, yeah. uh, PNG cricket head honcho Greg Campbell, former guest on the Cricket Library Weekly, just to remind people of that one in case they may have missed that along the way. And more cricket coming up in the Murray uh, this week, Robbie. Yeah. The the Indigenous, uh, Sydney Thunder Indigenous team I know are playing down there and should be some some great cricket happening. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> It's just bizarre, bizarre, you know, that, that like, I can tell you in our community, AFL is well and truly in full swing into the second week, just mm. going over this weekend. But yeah, it's quite, and it's, that down there sharing it is the cricket. It's just funny, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's what it is, but they're so lucky that Cricket or Redonga have got the ability to host carnivals at this time of year because they have up to, there's probably around about 10 wickets grounds that they can use, you know, until it gets wet. That you know just yeah. aren't a, a shared have a shared arrangement with winter sports, so it's yeah, it's a good luxury to have. So yeah, so cricket will go right through to almost Easter down here, Matt, which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And uh, on the show tonight, well, it's a Sunday night. You, you're probably listening to this on a different night of the week because uh, we'll probably hit publish on the feeds tomorrow, but. Um, couldn't track down Matt Fiction. I did track down Elliot from New Zealand. He gave us an update. Um, oh. And where I don't want to put a teaser out there if we can't pull this off, but I've got pretty good mail that Matt Fiction will be with us on the show next week for our grand finale for the year. So, uh, or for the season, for the Australian season. So, uh, we'll. We'll talk Sheffield Shield final, we'll talk Women's World Cup final, and we'll talk some of the award winners, uh, some some big award winners uh, throughout the last few days announced. So 
Let's kick it off with the Shield final, Robbie. A, a, a wonderful achievement for Western Australia. I know we've been harping on about how good WA cricket are doing at the moment, but to win a Shield final on the back of all the other trophies that are in the cabinet over there at the WACA this summer, set up by Cameron Bancroft at the top of the order in that first innings. Yeah. Uh, a, a really good game of cricket, I thought, Robbie. Oh, a good game of cricket. Obviously, the, the pitch um, at the WACA really stood up to it because it, yeah, it was it was good for batting. I suppose you look at the scores, there was a chance here for the bowls, but West Australia just got that sniff. I, I thought once they took a first innings lead and they'd accumulated more points than um, Victoria, when they came into bat the second time and on day three, um, they, they were just going to really lock things down. So they just, in, in fact, they got to a point where one of the innings that the summer was played, Aaron Hardy, Mm. 174 not out, Matty, in that second innings. Um, it, it, it just what it has thrown up is another good all rounder in Australian cricket. So, what um, um, what bat brand does Aaron Hardy use, Robbie? Did you take note of the stickers on his bat? I could, so, it's not a Bradbury, is it? I, I could. I thought I, I could see B R A D. Yeah. I saw a lot of them. I saw a lot of the full, the front of his bat. I saw a yeah. lot of the full face of his bat. But no, correct, it's a Bradbury bat. And I know that's a very uh, close to your heart. Yeah, definitely is. A, a wonderful performance from Aaron Hardy. Let's let's go back to the, the opening day. Sam Whiteman, Cam Bancroft get things off to a great start there uh, for WA. 188 opening stand in a shield final, soaking up the first 50-odd overs. That was the perfect start, uh, and they managed to get to 386. The number 10, Roccioli, 50 not yeah. out. Oh, oh, he got out, actually. Sutherland knocked him over. 50 off 29. Uh, fantastic effort there. And Victoria, they they set about things quite nicely. Gee, Will Pukowski, Robbie, yeah. isn't he pleasing yeah. on the eye <laughs> as a – uh, some of those shots he's playing down the ground on the onside, yep. just, gee, I hope he can stay well because hasn't he got some talent? Oh, that was one of the highlights. I, I admit I watched most of his innings because I was just sort of tuned in, ready to watch, but I really wanted to have a look at Will Pogotti and I, what I watched and witnessed was that not much has changed from the very first time I watched him play on his debut at the MCG. And he reminds me a little bit of Damien Martin, mm. which is, and he's so attractive. To yeah, I, I think if we could not, yeah, like you said, I hope he can just have a good run with injury because you know over the next couple of years with our few of our elder statesmen at the top of the order, there will come an opportunity um, at that opening position, and we it's so nice to know that we've got a guy there can just walk straight into that. Will Pukowski, he looks the real deal, mate. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, should- hey, what about Mitch? Mr. So, Perry, though, there. Yeah. Yeah, um, the night watchman. 74. 74. Um, you know, Pete Hanscom made 80. But, yeah, the Vicks probably needed to, to take a first innings lead there to create a bit of pressure. And they weren't able to do that in the second innings. Yeah, should have mentioned, too, Will Sutherland, five wickets for Victoria. Uh, very yeah. impressive display from him. But it was it was the bonus points that ended up being the difference um, based on based on how the first 
100 overs went for both teams and uh, WA coming out on top there. But some other individual performances, Sam Whiteman's 123, outstanding. Aaron Hardy, three wickets to go with his – and three pretty handy ones as well. Uh, Hanscom, Short and Travis Dean. So he's knocking over the big boys uh, there as well. And it was great to see, you know, who I saw on the Fox coverage, and I actually took a photo of him on the screen and uh, sent it through on Twitter. Oh, no. A, a spectator? Yeah, a spectator. Wasn't Dylan? 100% it was Dylan. Oh. He was there. And good on him, getting in there yeah. and savouring it all. And then the other, the other interesting uh, obscure... Thing, I guess, is the last time WA won the Sheffield Shield, play was delayed due to construction work on, on the grandstand at the Gabba. <laughs> I did actually I did actually notice at the Wacker that there was some construction work going on at the Wacker. Now, is it a possible omen for WA that they only win Shield finals when grandstands <laughs> are, are, are being modified or... Some sort of construction work's being done. No pun intended. They, they tend to do their best work in that situation, don't they? So, <laughs> um, yeah. That, that, was, that was one of the great finds of the uh, summer, I thought, Matt, when we discovered the, the, the uh, previous Sheffield Shield title with that delayed start due to work on a grandstand. That was great. Where we yeah. are, we do have the librarians actually following up on that. So I'll try and I will actually try and get okay. some more. Uh, there have been some inquiries made. Uh, so, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that one. But congratulations, WA. Sam Whiteman, uh, officially man of the match. He's 85 and 123. Uh, Sean Marsh gets to lift the Sheffield Shield. What what a career he's had at WA. And what a, what a tough year off the field capped off by a home victory for Western Australia and uh, they should be very proud of their efforts uh, this season, Robbie. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Australian women team and what a wonderful achievement for them over in New Zealand. You're tuned in to the Cricket Library Weekly. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly and what a wonderful way to finish the Women's World Cup in New Zealand, Robbie. Elisa Healy lighting things up with one of the best innings you'll ever see in a World Cup final, 170 off 138 balls, 26 boundaries, set things up for the Aussies, five for 356 from their 50 overs after England, on the advice of Matt Fiction, won the toss <laughs> and elected to bowl first. Anya Shrub sold three for 46. Um, but it has to be said, in the run chase, Nat Siver, 148 not out from 121, probably the best 148 not out in a losing side I've seen anyone ever score. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anyone bat like that in a, in a losing cause. Admittedly, she was the only one to score more than 27 uh, for England as well. So not not enough support around her to get the job done, but that's largely due to the bowling efforts of the Australians. Alana King, three wickets. Jess Jonathan, three wickets. So the slow, slower bowlers getting getting the job done there. 
Megan shoot a couple and Gardner and McGrath chiming in with one each. But it was all Elisa Healy, wasn't it, that set this one up, Robbie? Yeah, that's what everyone was talking about, wasn't it? And, you know, look, great support, Rachel Holmes, 68. She had a great campaign. Beth Mooney, 62 or 47 balls was fantastic. And um, I guess I thought where Australia really, where the game got away from England was in that last 10 overs of Matt. Mm. Like they, they just made so many runs and just kept going. And I just thought their field placements were very strange. They didn't have that deep cover. They yeah. were unable, I know we know with that power play situation, but they just were unable to protect the boundary and just bowl to one side of the wicket. So it was a stunning batting display. And, um, you know, I thought, and, you know, Shrub was fantastic. Her figures of 10 over sprees of 46, gee, that stood up well oh. in, in, in what was just a, a run purge. Uh, of course, she just bowled her heart out, as you'd expect. And then, Look, the reply, England, the funny thing about that, Matt, is that they still had, I think it was 38 deliveries left, you mm. know, so they just needed, I thought the wicket of Danny White, when Megan Shute was able to get that big in-dipper into her and, and knock over middle and leg, that was a massive blow. And then Alana King, heaven night, LBW for 26 when she was just starting to look dangerous. I thought Alana King, look, three for 64 for 10 overs, that was below the run rate required, so that was good. Yes, might have been a wee bit expensive, but I thought she bowled beautifully and just got those three valuable wickets. Like Sophie mm. Dunkley was looking good, bowled her around her leg like she'd done in the pre- in the very first game. Um, yeah, good. And Charlie Dean at the end was good support, obviously, for um, Nat Tiver. But that when you're chasing that amount of runs, Matt, when you're chasing 357 for victory or 50 overs, you are always looking at the scoreboard. And, yeah, when you're going to have to go at seven runs and over from the start, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other thing that I love about this Australian team is their flexibility with the batting order. Yeah. Uh, being able to slot Beth Mooney in at three. She scores 62 from 47. Ash Gardner comes in, doesn't come off. She's run out. But uh, Meg Lanning would normally be be batting at three she comes in at five instead yeah uh just just flexibility uh playing to the situation uh, which is really hard to do from a mental standpoint i know as, as a batter I, I like to know when i'm going in and what my role's going to be but um obviously i don't play elite level cricket and that's that's why these ladies do is because they're, they're adaptable to the situation mm-hmm. able, able to play a role and Meg Lanning's humble enough to say, well, actually, I'm not going to bat three today because I think Beth Mooney's a better option. Or I don't know who yeah. makes the decisions, but obviously it's a, a thought-through uh, setup that they've got there and, and paying dividends for them, particularly if you've got someone like Healy smashing them around, scoring 170. I, I guess it doesn't really matter what your batting order is. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could... could uh, could tinker with things, but yeah, well, well done, Matthew Mott. Well done, uh, the coaching staff, the players. Uh, Meg Lanning, uh, her leadership's been outstanding, yep. and uh, undefeated at that World Cup, and just showing how Brilliant. much depth there is in Australian women's cricket at the moment. Yeah, what was it? Nine wins, Matty. Yeah, right at the carnival, at the won all seven preliminary pool matches, and then. Yeah, just clean sweeps and clean, clean swept. And some people, fantastic. some people were nervous going in playing the West Indies in the semi final. But 
Obviously, those people were proved wrong. Um, no need for nerves. Australia had it in the bag and uh, yeah. rightfully lifting the trophy at the end of the tournament. Now, speaking of lifting trophies, Robbie, there's been lots of awards handed out um, in the respective states and just want to acknowledge a couple of Cricket Library alumni. I think Katie Mack won the Adelaide Strikers WBBL Player of the Year. Tick. No curse there. Maitland Brown, Cricket Library alumni. Belinda Clark medalist for... Cricket New South Wales Female Cricketer of the Year, Molly Strano and uh, Maisie Gibson, both WNCL winners at Tasmania, tick, tick. Um, Rachel Priest, uh, WNCL winner, tick. Uh, We could could keep going on. But um, I know out of the Orange Library, very interested in the success of country cricketers, particularly from Western New South Wales, Amy Edgar winning a, a major award in Western Australia. We had um, Chris Tremaine winning the Steve War Medal. Yeah. So, and then uh, the other awards I wanted to quickly go through, Robbie, the State Cricket Awards, the Marsh Sheffield Shield Player of the Year. It was shared between Travis Dean oh. from Victoria and Henry Hunt, Grenfell slash Central South West. Australia. Yeah. So, just yeah, just shows how much depth there is in regional places producing yeah. talent um, that are dominating domestic cricket in Australia. So, well, well done to those players. Uh, also, WNCL Player of the Year, one of your favourites, Robbie Erin Osborne from the ACT. Yeah. Great to see her uh, in her final season taking out that award. Uh, the Marsh One Day Cup Player of the Year. Matthew Renshaw, another one of your favourites, Robbie. Yep. Uh, Harman Precor, WBBL Player of the Year. Ben McDermott, BBL Player of the Year. Lord Taverners, Indigenous Cricketer of the Year. No real surprise here. Scotty Boland uh, getting that one. Then the Spirit of Cricket Award for the Men's was Queensland and Spirit of Cricket Cricket Award um, for the Women's was Victoria and, and both those awards named after the great late, great Richie Benno, and the yep. Cric- Cricket Australia Umpire Award was Phil Gillespie. Uh, good old Phil. So, well done, Phil. Um, umpires, uh, good to see the umpires getting acknowledged there, and, um, yeah, excellent achievement there for Phil Gillespie. So, well done to all those winners. I know there's lots of other winners we've, we've, we, we've sort of just brushed over a little bit there, but um, obviously each of the state's, uh, have very prestigious awards, and it's it's fantastic for all those players who've who've done well in their respective states, and can celebrate a bit of downtime now for those that aren't going across to the IPL or going across to the hundred or uh, county cricket, which is in full swing at the moment and taking up a lot of my time looking through the scorecards, yeah. Robbie. <laughs> I bet. Oh, gee! Just when I thought I might have a few days off, I've just I've just seen that uh, there's a lot of scorecards appearing on my feed. So, no doubt you're yeah. you're spending a bit of time checking over those as well. For sure, mate. We'll get all that sorted. Um, I I wasn't aware that the New South Wales One Day Medal was named after Michael Bevan, which was good too. Yeah, so, brand yeah. new. Um, yeah, brand new honour. Hayden Kerr, the inaugural winner, and. That's- 
Great, yeah, it's a great acknowledgement. Uh, Michael Bevan, I think, um, scored around 2,400 runs uh, in New South Wales colours, and I think he's I think he's third. I think only Moses Enriquez and Brad Haddon have more domestic one-day runs for New South Wales than Michael Bevan. But if you have a look yeah. at if you have a look at Michael Bevan's career record, so not just what he did for New South Wales. Have a listen to these numbers, Robbie. List A cricket, he played 427 matches. Gosh. 15,103 runs, highest score 157 not, average 57.86. 13, 1,300s, 116.50s. I, I think his average for New South Wales was in the low 60s. Mm. And, and then you have a look at his first-class career, 237 matches, 19,147 runs, high score of 216, average 57.32. So he's averaged over 57 <laughs> in first-class and list A, and he averaged 53.58 in one-day internationals. What a, phen- what a phenomenal player he was in those forms of the game. Unfortunately, um only played the 18 test matches and his his numbers there are a lot more modest than than what we're seeing in the other formats of the game but a tremendous cricketer and didn't he win some games for Australia didn't he win some games yeah. for New South Wales didn't he win some games wherever he played um yeah I, I was just because I'd seen his New South Wales numbers and I thought oh, I wonder what how that fits into his overall numbers. Yeah. So tw- only twenty four hundred of his fifteen thousand one hundred and three list day runs for New South Wales. Yeah. Uh, no, he was. He was just Mister Reliable, wasn't he? We just you knew that with Michael. But he sort of he goes that batting wherever he batted. Who would have team he played in? You knew with Michael Bevan on the side, he just had the ability to sum up a situation perfectly. And he invariably got the um, his team over the line. So. And I think yeah. he he thrived on like I think it actually motivated him, and he wanted to be there at the end. And he'd back he himself he'd back himself to play the innings that he needed to play uh, at the back end of a game. And he 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 was just the master tactician at um, building an innings and positioning positioning himself to to win the game for his team. So. Yeah, that's great that that award has been named after M.G. Bevan. And, um, yeah, I, I couldn't think of anyone better, really, to name that award after. Uh, 100%, Matthew. Well, Robbie, just a short and sharp one. This is like a T20 edition of the Cricket <laughs> Library Weekly, isn't it? Uh, we Well, <laughs> anything could happen next week once I, <laughs> I get hold of Matt Fiction. So um, I'm pretty confident we'll get him He I did have some contact with him, and um, he's assured me that, yeah, he just wanted to know what, when the final winter show ahead of the winter will be, and I suggested it would probably in around that Easter break, okay. and he would be more than happy to, to deliver. So it's um, I'll get that sorted. You might want to no try problem. and catch him. I've got a feeling he goes camping uh, with Matt from the Orange Library. Traditionally, Matt from the Orange Library does a bit of oh. camping around Easter time. I heard they were going camping and wouldn't have phone reception. And I don't know if that's just a convenient little... So you might want to try and yeah. catch him before Good Friday, Robbie. I will ring him first thing tomorrow. So if you hear the library phone ringing in the background, <laughs> at Bar- 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 
Uh, and if he's not there to answer it, um, yeah. So I, I think you might seem. I, I reckon. I reckon he'll be at work tomorrow because he's got a, the English county season started, and you know he loves his stats on English county cricket. Oh yeah, he's he's probably yeah. working on spreadsheets as we speak, Robbie. I dare so, say, well, yeah. Look forward to it. Yeah, no, sounds good. Well, yeah, it's been great chatting, Robbie, and we will do it all again. Maybe inside a week, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't yeah, that definitely. be a novel idea? We'll do that. We got we got got to pick the average uh, weekly uh, rate up. So <laughs> there, it could be tomorrow. <laughs> uh, well, massive thanks to you, Robbie. Massive thanks to all of our loyal listeners. And this has been Matt Ellis and Robbie McKinlay for the Cricket Library Weekly. Thanks so much for joining us. It's bye for now.